This week on the podcast, talking about what you need to know for your end-of-year fundraising. This is Using the Whole Whale, a podcast that brings you stories of data and technology in the nonprofit world. My name is George Weiner, your host and the chief whaler of wholewhale.com. Thanks for joining us. We have a short one for you this week. I'm speaking with Megan Anhalt, our chief strategy officer. Hi, Megan. Hi, George. Thanks for humoring me. Yeah, definitely excited to talk about end of year giving and uh, how we can help all of our nonprofit partners really rock it this year. So we just want this to be a voice in the back of your mind saying it's Q4, we have to change gears. But to start, I think it's important to ground ourselves in the fundamentals of why are the humans giving? So can you walk us through that, Megan? Like, what is the the thought that we should have in our minds as we ask our supporters to become donors? Yeah, definitely. I mean, look, all the research shows that end-of-year giving is a real thing. Most of uh, donations and giving happens at the end of the year, primarily actually in the last couple of weeks of December. Uh, But it's still good to start thinking about those things now. As you said, it's Q4 already. Uh, We're here. Uh, We're heading into the home stretch. And so we want to take advantage of these critical moments uh, to make sure that we are asking our supporters and our network to support us uh, financially and be able to give those donations. So looking at just a couple of different studies that have happened over the last few years, one of which is the Stoner Voice study from 2011. Uh, I think there's another donation uh, giving study from 2016. Basically the themes that you see across sort of what are the motivations behind why donors give. Um, First and foremost, it's personal. Uh, People give because they feel a personal connection to the cause. They might just be personally passionate about it through uh, their own involvement. Maybe they've volunteered. Maybe they've gotten connected. Um, They also want to feel needed uh, and understand that their donation is actually going to have an impact. And we'll get into that in a little bit. Uh, And they also might even either be personally affected uh, by the issue or definitely know somebody uh, affected by the issue and feel connected that way. So definitely feel more connected. Uh, to the issue when they have that personal connection and also tend to actually be more engaged. Uh, There's one study that showed that 71% of donors felt more engaged when the content itself was personalized to them. So that's simple things like having their name in emails. Uh, But also when we get into segmenting and those types of things with email uh, content as well, just making sure that you are trying to personalize that content to uh, those supporters' unique sort of experiences or characteristics. Uh, And then, you know, generally they want to see that the organization is effective. So as much as you can tell your own story and toot your own horn on uh, how your work is moving the needle on an issue, you want to make sure that you're telling those stories. Uh, They also want to know what to expect. Uh, both in terms of sort of what you're focused on and where their potential dollars might be going. Uh, And they also want to be recognized for those contributions. They want to be thanked in a timely manner. As we said, they want to hear report backs on how those dollars are being spent. So um, if you have prior donors heading into end of your giving, being able to report back on what they're doing, um, they you know, want, want to have an opportunity to weigh in. So if there's anything that they could uh, contribute to towards the end of the year, volunteer, those types of things, any 
opportunity you have to make those additional touch points I think could be really valuable. Uh, and really, they just want to feel an important part of your cause. Uh, and so helping share that story um, and also just your story and the impact that you're having and making them feel a part of it and who you're helping uh, can really go a long way. I think when Q4 is upon us and we're getting to the end of the year, how do we make a bit more of a narrative around our campaigns rather than just give, give because we do, give because we do good. How much, <laughs> like, so the part of this is I, in my very, uh, very basic mind, frankly, is Q1, 2, Q3, it's about building the list, building the trust, building the frequency of mental availability in our audience, proving mm-hmm. that value. Q4 is time to harvest. However, what I miss, I think, in some of my strategy and thinking is that narrative. And I think you're you're teasing that out. Like, what is the impact to them? Are we finding that like marquee story or our big, hairy, audacious goal for the future that you're a part of? How much you know does that story matter in crafting for Q4 versus the you know the very blunt force of George saying, "Hey, just keep asking to donate and put different <laughs> subject lines on it." Yeah, I mean, I think one of the key things is just making it feel timely uh, and relevant to something going on now, uh, whether that's, uh, I think one of the most effective tools is using personal stories uh, from your uh, community that you serve and being able to, and oftentimes even letting them share those stories in their own words. So if we're talking about email here, having them guest write uh, an email out to your supporters so that they are able to convey the true impact of the organization on their lives uh, and those types of things. Now, of course, if you're an animal organization, you're not going to have an elephant, you know, write your email. But I think being able to share or those stories you? of um, the, the impact that you're having on the ground uh, and make it just really tangible for people in a very concrete way. People connect to those personal stories. Uh, but that being said, uh, and you know, on the other end of the spectrum, people also have a short attention span. Long emails can really uh, feel cumbersome sometimes. We know that there's gonna be a lot of competition out there uh, for those eyeballs and that attention. So as much as you can try to convey um, your story in a visual element, whether that's one single photograph from some something that you've done on the ground to capture people and draw people in, and then you could use that even in something as simple as a Facebook post uh, to be able to show uh, the value and the impact. So I think there's a lot of different ways to do that. And then also on the other end of the spectrum, if you're not able to make it sort of timely and relevant in that way, just making it super tangible uh, in terms of like, you know, $250 equals, you know, this many solar panels or uh, whatever it might be uh, that your organization is driving towards. But people like the tangibility aspect uh, as well and really understanding what their dollars are going towards. I'm hearing the why us when we're building our case, which is we're an effective organization, here's third-party validation, the why us of using our stakeholders' voice, the people we help in in their words, Mm -hmm. or why I gave type of narratives in the why us, then you're layering in, it seems, the why now. Mm -hmm. You could give one at why now, because now is the time that fill in the blank. It's Mm -hmm. the end of the year, the tax classification, and, and relying on that is a terrible sort of like, give because it's tax time because by the way Mm-mm. we all know the tax changes that happened and if that's what you're relying on is like a pragmatic of like give now because it's a tax deductible gift like that is a very soft reasoning for for uh i'd say emergency or why now one thing i'd put out there potentially would be this may be an opportunity to go to one of your larger donors and say hey can you put up a hundred or two hundred whatever right mm-hmm. pick your unit 
matching gift style and say, hey, can you help us facilitate messaging in, in the community uh, around this? As, uh, as weird as it seems, it actually it, it does work and it gives you another messaging angle and it is serving also the third-party validation. Someone right. else out there is putting up those dollars. Yeah, I mean, like you said, I think anytime you can build in a sense of urgency, whether you're sort of manufacturing that with a manu- uh, with a matching gift, which can be really effective, or tying it even back back retroactively. I mean, in this era of the Trump administration, there are a lot of battlegrounds happening, uh, particularly this year. So even being able to recap on things like that, like how immigration has come under fire or how the environment has come under fire and really help drive that sense of urgency uh, can really entice people to, to make that, that purchase and that give. Yeah, uh, there are studies that come from double the donation that aggregate a lot of this stuff that say 84% of donors say they're more likely to donate if a match is offered. About a third of them say that they'd be willing to give more, and that's a key one, give more if their donation is matched and uh, making sure that you've itemized the the impact uh, of those donations also can lend to fun ways of packaging potential gifts saying you know uh, i don't know heifer international is probably the most known of like mm-hmm. all right i sponsored this goat for you mom congratulations <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean I, I do think with end of year giving and giving season in general uh, being able to uh, think of a way that you might be able to gift uh, something in relation to your donation you do see this oftentimes with you know a small token or those types of things that you can all also offer uh, but thinking about you already actually might have a product or something that you're selling or it's available and so thinking of uh, really sharing and driving that too uh, as a way uh, to increase donations so when it comes to some of the tactics and we won't leave the the narrative aside but we have a campaign we've come up with the narrative we know that we're going to be messaging. One thing I see a lot of organizations not do exactly right is, oh, I guess I underestimate, is the frequency and how much you should be messaging because your gut is going to tell you, I don't want to harass my audience. I don't want to message them too much. Uh, that said, uh, there are ways of sending and resending emails such as one of my favorites, which is repackaging to, you know, let's say we come up with a perfect message. Only 20% of your audience opens it. Guess what? Resend that to the 80% that didn't open it, change the subject line, and boom, you just got a second bite at the apple with good messaging. So taking that, uh, taking that, uh, and also rolling in the fact that we did a great podcast with the Environmental Defense Fund. By the way, check out the show notes, I'll link to it. Uh, we learned that they are, like, they literally increase it to as much as, like, sending like eight times at the end of the year uh, messages. So you can think about that type of frequency that's uh, getting out there and kind of being shameless about it. I don't know how you feel about it. And it's time to feed the whales with a quick ad. Did you know that 83% of the people on average, according to MNR, that go to your donate page do not give? Check your doctor. Results may vary, but people leave your donate page at a staggering level. GetLighthouse.io allows you to create a list of emails that went to that donate page but didn't necessarily give, allowing you to send a note, a follow-up saying, hey, how can I help you give? It connects to Google Analytics and MailChimp to add this functionality to your existing site. Go check it out at getlighthouse.io and back to our show. Yeah, I think emails are tough 
Uh, and I think, as George said, the data does show that that works. I think another way to approach that too is the retargeting. Uh, and so not just sending multiple emails, but also targeting through paid advertising on say Facebook, particularly those supporters uh, that have already been in your network that you spent the last year engaging in stories and those types of things, and really kind of chasing them around the internet a bit <laughs> with um, advertising on Facebook uh, and those types of things so that they do uh, have exposure to your messaging across a range of different channels uh, and opportunities. So not just in email, um, but elsewhere outside. And you know, kind of a quick plug, but George and I are huge fans of the Facebook Pixel um, and the other uh, social media platform pixels that you can install on your site. So if you haven't done so, uh, now here we are at the beginning of Q4, it can be a good opportunity to make sure that tracking is in place so that you can target visitors to your website because they've shown a bit of an interest um, in your cause and your issue um, with Facebook advertising, for example, and those types of things. So making sure that you have that kind of tracking in place now so that you can chase those uh, those potential supporters around the internet a bit. Nothing is, <laughs> nothing brings more tears to my eyes than somebody who gets in touch with like two weeks left in the year says, we want to start running ads. And then they have to go through the approval process, creating the account, yeah. getting the pixel. Then they're like, wait a minute, what do you mean we can only remarket to the past people two days? Like. Uh, you don't get to use what you don't save. So right now, like put that in your mind, like, oh, wait a minute, I don't know if we have the ability to, to remarket to people that have been to our site. Uh, time to go and do that, install it, set it up. You know what, throw $100 at making sure you can physically, your team can physically run ads because we uh, at Whole Whale see a lot of positive return on ad spend, meaning that you turn $1 into $2 via the ask for donation. Uh, in Q4, especially when it's top of mind. I will also add that another ignored piece is, oh, I, I have a fun idea. Megan, you have to guess. Uh, this, is a, <laughs> uh -oh. this is a giving study. Uh, it's a large enough sample size, but what percent of all giving happens in the last three days of the year? The last three days? The last three days. Of all giving, I should know this. <laughs> no, no, you shouldn't. Why should you know this? This, so this is, is a random the days stat. after Christmas, but before New Year's. That's right. Um, what percentage of all giving? I'm gonna say it's pretty high, so I'm gonna say like 25. percent I mean, you're. Uh, I guess I, I oversold. Too high. <laughs> a quarter of the entire what 360 uh, 360 million is it? No, 12 percent. 12 percent. That's still pretty high. Uh, it's still incredibly high, but also think about it. Like this is the time you went on vacation. Maybe you didn't set the, you know, everyone's on vacation during this period of time when you should be messaging out, setting up those remarketing campaigns. That's the time. That's the time to be closing. Yet we're, you know, we're, we're at home relaxing. And it's unfortunate to say like, oh, your communications team has to be on call. You can schedule these things. You can schedule these things and make sure that, um, that those things are, are, are set and you're asking when people are giving. Okay, uh, but one third of annual giving occurs in December. So I wasn't that off. <laughs> 30, I love, I love she, she frantically it. looks around the internet for something to validate 25% in three days. Not even close. Uh, no, I appreciate I. I appreciate the emphasis, though. Thank you. Oh, speaking of things that are often forgotten, because we were just talking about the Google, uh, the Facebook Pixel, uh, that Facebook Donate button. Ooh, 
you said the magic. You word. really want to make sure that you have the proper permissions on that. Oh. If you are a 501c3, make sure you're validated through TechSoup. Get that Facebook donate button because peer-to-peer fundraising, as we've all heard, is massively on the rise. And end of year can be a great opportunity to activate those super fans and those super supporters to create fundraisers. Thanksgiving, things you're thankful for, can be a great opportunity um, to invite your supporters to support your campaign if people have um, those end of year birthdays in November and December uh, asking them to start a birthday fundraiser there's a lot of really great opportunities there so get that get that donate button if you haven't already we'll definitely put that in the show notes it's not to be underestimated because one of my favorite stats is the number one reason people give is because their friends ask them and guess what Facebook is a place for friends apparently Anyway, <laughs> the fundraising platform there, again, takes 0%. Uh, you don't necessarily need to qualify for the donation button, but it makes it a 1,001 times easier if you have that uh, verified page with the fundraising button already set up. Having asked your biggest supporters to run campaigns uh, on your behalf can do quite a bit. It's kind of like more... Uh, sort of, you know, more nets in the water to catch uh, more more dollars. Yeah, and not even just asking your supporters, but even utilizing that donate button for end of year content, putting up a donation ask because with the button that means that your supporters can give directly in Facebook, which often means if they've ever given in Facebook that they click one button and their credit card information already populates. So it really helps remove the friction uh, to that giving process, not having to deal with sort of giving landing pages and the friction that can uh, end up there. Now, if you're really into capturing all of your data, it is not the sort of best way uh, to drive that data. But if your ultimate goal is donations, uh, it can definitely help you drive up those donations uh, at the end of the year. So even doing a simple post on your page with that donate button that you can then go in using Facebook ads uh, and use the targeting uh, around that and target your supporters uh, can be another great way to try to capture those donations directly through Facebook specifically. I'll also make a shameless plug for a whole whale product. I actually personally spent a lot of time building this on behalf of one of our clients and we released it, which is a Facebook donation dashboard, which allows you to export those data and get a full view of what's going on. Uh, that can be found at, not only in the show notes, but at wholewhale.com university. I want to talk about another tactic that kind of makes me cringe a little bit. However, it works at Wikipedia. You'll note starts putting up that little pop-up on every single page saying, hey, here's why you should give. Now, I think these things are uh, should be used sparingly, however <laughs> they work. Now, I'm not saying that you should keep it up year-round. It would be a terrible idea to do that. But if in the last two weeks of the year you do have a site pop-up that runs around saying, hey, this work only exists because of you know value proposition A, B, uh, consider giving. Uh, I don't think that's. Uh, I don't think that's a terrible idea. Megan. Megan's like. Eh, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> no, I mean, it works. It works. It, right. It you just, you, Here's the thing: is you I want to straddle that line of uh, being too <laughs> annoying, but also getting the donations that you need in to support your organization and your cause. I kind of like the sticky bar that kind of runs at runs at the yeah. top versus like the the full takeover that blocks you know all things that bring happiness and sunshine in the world <laughs> uh, into bear. So we've covered some email, we've covered some remarketing, targeting ads, the Facebook donate, and Giving Tuesday. 
classically. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that should kick off your giving season. It should be a, be a boost. But it, it's it's fun. late this year though. It's December. December. Mm-hmm. We should. Is it December second? December first, I think. No. Is it's it? well, it's early. Whatever, whatever that Tuesday is. We're gonna look Come up on. Giving Tuesday. Uh, what other What other thing while we're talking about Giving Tuesday that I'll throw in a plug for is um, remember that a lot of big corporations these days do corporate matching donations. So reminding your supporters if they are planning on making a big gift um, this year to do it through some of their internal platforms so that you're being able to capitalize on the two x donations uh, from their employer. So that's um, another thing that is always worth reminding people about and Giving Tuesday can be a great opportunity for that. Obviously, we knew it was December 3rd. GivingTuesday.org is the official organization helping uh, make sure that people can join the movement and have resources there. We'll be putting out webinars and such, uh, working with them to to make sure you have those resources. But again, it kicks off the season. It isn't the beginning, middle, or an end, and it it shouldn't cannibalize your overall giving strategies as you move toward end of the year because... As we realized, the last three days of the year still has a lot of value potential uh, in in there. 12%. <laughs> <laughs> Not 25. Whatever. I, I'll also say for end of year, it can be an opportunity to have an increased narrative around sustaining givers and sustaining giving opportunities. Mm-hmm. You could capitalize when somebody is in a giving spirit Noting that, guess what? The need is year-round while, you know, the spirit may be here for, you know, one month of the year. Uh, people still need the resources. The, the animals still need the saving. And certain campaigns seem to resonate more uh, when you can frame that perennial need. And a sustainer giver, I mean, it, it taps right into the, uh, you know, the SaaS business models that are so attractive because you can uh, better predict future revenue from that. So I wouldn't necessarily say take over your entire giving campaign but uh, consider an alternate channel a donation page focused on the sustainer why that matters in that narrative yeah yeah and being able to target past one-time donations too can be a good way to sort of kind of level up those donors and those supporters okay we've talked about 2x matches we've talked about increased emails uh oh i know what i wanted to talk about some of change.org's data around the best words. Oh, they have the best words. <laughs> oh, God. It just makes me <laughs> shiver a little bit. Yeah, change.org uh, did a really fabulous study earlier this year. We can include a link uh, in the description here um, around which words kind of were both showed up the most uh, in their uh, petitions and also which were a part of the most effective and successful petitions. So it's really interesting because, you know, words like help and stop uh, and save show up uh, a lot across a lot of petitions, but the ones that tended to be the most effective included words like grant, oppose, protect, preserve, so uh, save as well. Uh, so being able to look at some of those that different language aspects that you can use across your content can be also really helpful potentially as you are making those final appeals. So definitely check that out. I like that these words are, for the most part, you know, four out of five, if we're just talking about the top, positively framing your cause. Yeah. I really like positive framing for for issues because I think it taps into a better type of more sustainable energy that provides hope, and especially in a, in a current climate, which uh, can be more about the, you know, stop, fight, you know, block mm-hmm. mentality. 
appealing to the high energy positive emotion framing of your organization where there is a, a future where you know the oceans don't rise above all things that matter drowning all you know all hope uh, that's not getting me to give what's going to work uh, more often than not is is that positive framing with of course the asterisk to you know you know, the opposed, the, you know, the violation of rights pushed by maybe an administration that is, you know, uh, that it, that is channeling that. So unless you're, you know, very tactful about it, when given the choice, choose the positive narratives uh, of what is working and why more money will create more impact around, uh, around that narrative. Yeah, and that was also reflected in the Change.org study you know, words that had a positive tone had the most um, overall supporters, but there were also things like implying power. Um, first word relates to virtue. Active verbs. Uh, people love active verbs, as those words we were just describing. Um, and then less so uh, on the negative tone side. What I'd love to see more of is much more fun, creative, over-the-top, yet efficient thank yous. I'm so tired of the generic thank you page is like, you know, raw text email being like, you did it. It would be amazing if there were a video package or uh, a cheesy e-card or something that showed the personality of the staff Yeah. in the thank you. And it's just such a Americares great... AmeriCares has a great one of these that they did last year that's really oh. fun on their YouTube channel, yeah, that's where cool. they have their staff, um, people on the ground, thanking them for specific things. It's great. Yeah, they've got some some fantastic assets there and you know i think of donors choose and the, the letters from the kid i mean nothing beats a little kid trying to draw like thank you uh, thank you mr george for <laughs> for our ipads like yep all right you got me um, <laughs> yeah it really makes you want to give again for sure so you know what is you know what is that for you what would that look like dial it up to 11 say like what is the most extreme thing the most ridiculous thank you like the ceo drives to your house knocks on the door walks in uh, gives you a giant poster and plaque with your name on it, like the most extreme thing, and then dial that way back because that's not efficient. <laughs> However, what does that look like? Have an open-minded brainstorm and let your team come up with these ideas of like, what's the most creative way we can thank the heck out of every donor who decides to open their wallet and their hearts to our organization, you know, and design that in a way that's efficient, that scales, uh, but, you know, shows, uh, shows some thought there because they're more likely to give again. They're more likely to ask a friend to share that experience. What if that experience was so ridiculously amazing, you know, hearkening to Seth Godin's purple cow, you drive down the highway through Iowa and you see a purple cow, you're like, holy cow, there's a purple cow, you have to go see this. How do you create a purple cow giving page? I'm getting the funny stare from Megan, but <laughs> Godin, Seth Godin fans out there know what I'm talking uh -huh. about. It's a good book. I was trying to rile them up. Mm -hmm. It's a thank you page. They overlooked it, they're like, oh, I know. Yeah, not just a page, but I'm making sure you're applying those thank yous across all of your channels, email, social, um, yeah. All, all, all of the things. All right. All of the things. The final note here would be measure it. Make sure you have the ability to measure the net effects of your work. Analyze it in January. Make sure you solidify those learnings. How much money are you raising per thousand emails spent? What does the retention look like? How many subscribers did you lose? Make sure you do the proper reporting on, on your campaigns because that's the only way you're going to improve on, on any of this. 
Yeah, I mean, I got, I got four little letters. R-O-A-S. Return on ad spend. <laughs> Make sure that you are paying attention to the dollars that you're putting in and what you're getting out of it. And I don't just mean the immediate, say, like donations that you get from a paid campaign, but also down the line. Are you getting monthly donors? Those are going to compound over time. So making sure that you are paying attention to those things, uh, attracting new supporters, activating your existing supporters, maybe leveling them up as we were talking about into increasing sort of levels of commitment. All of those things are important to look at as they will affect um, your strategies for future years. And when in doubt, use a cat gif. I feel like that's the biggest secret. <laughs> Any pets, really. Any pets. Pets Pets are the key. Yeah, so when in doubt, just use a pet. <laughs> All right. With that, this is... Uh, been episode, I think is 145. That's a good many episodes. You can find resources at wholewhale.com slash podcast. Thanks, Megan. Thank you. This has been Using the Whole Whale. For more resources on today's show, please visit wholewhale.com slash podcast and consider following us on Twitter at whole whale. And thanks for joining us.